Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Here on the podcast, we share our stories of how Jesus has brought us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters. With God, even the brokenness has incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being here again this week as we continue season four of the podcast. We have titled this season, Hope in the Light, as we week by week lean into the good news of the hope that we have as we live out our lives as followers of Jesus. The world is longing to know from where we find and experience hope. And I believe, and the guests joining me on this season believe, that the light of Jesus is our deep satisfaction and the source of true hope in life. In today's episode, I sit down with my friend and fellow artist, Corinne Carraway. Corinne shares some of her love story with Jesus and how he brought her from the dark and into his light, as well as her heart for redemptive artistry. We talk about seeing God through creation and how art can glorify God and bring beauty into the world. I assume that many of you listening consider yourselves artists, and many of you may not. What is beautiful that Corinne reminds us today is that we were all created to create. How we all create is vastly different, but creating is cultivating, and this is what God has put us on this earth to do. Corinne is a talented writer, and she leads the communications team at our church, Church of the City, New York. She also helps lead our Renaissance community at Church of the City. Renaissance exists to re-enchant the imagination of culture by equipping and empowering artists to cultivate beauty through their lives and work. New York serves as a home for artists across mediums and styles, and Church of the City hopes to reflect that deep well of creativity in this city. Renaissance creates spaces where people are invited to join together around artistry and creativity. Corinne will share more about Renaissance in today's episode. I'm going to start by reading today's anchor scripture, Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 through 11. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and of all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability, that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments, for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons, for their service as priests, and the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. You're going to love today's episode. Here's my conversation with Corinne. Well, Corinne, welcome to Living in the Light. Hi, Laura Lee. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. This is so fun. <laughs> I can't wait so for these listeners to get to meet my friend. We've been hanging out for about a year. 
Yeah. I thought about that this morning. Um, I remember seeing you um, at a prayer set at church like last August or September Mm. and going like, I just like felt prodded. God was like, you should hang out with her. And I was like, I don't, I don't know her. And he was like, no, no, no. You should hang out. You should hang out. Um, And I think you had like just really moved back to the the city Mm -hmm. and um, and got coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the prayer room has been a foundational Mm -hmm. part of our friendship. That good old woman's prayer set. Woman's prayer set. Always showing up. Good, always showing up. (laughs) Well, let's just get started. I would love for you to share a little bit about who you are and what you do here in New York City and just anything about that you want to share about where you find yourself like in this place and time totally um okay so I actually just turned 27 so just had a birthday also just hit my three years in New York um, which is also so exciting um so is that 2019 uh yeah so summer 2019 that's when I moved yeah we moved around the same time okay Mm -hmm. huh yeah and I remember I was so I remember being so glad that I had some time like pre-COVID right um whatever New York looked like then and I so immediately jumped into Church of the City Mm -hmm. um I had someone recommend it to me back in Texas where I'm from Mm -hmm. and I knew that if I didn't get plugged into a church right away that I would flounder to New York um and I went to a Church of the City service wept openly and knew that I would never try anywhere else um that that was the place which location did you go to I went to the 6 p.m in Midtown okay because that was the one that had the best worship apparently at the time like I didn't know anything about that but that like raised seating seating yeah (laughs) Um, New York experience this is so different um and I Really quickly before I moved, um, I definitely made an idol out of New York. Um, I'd always wanted to live here since I was, you know, really young and realized that writers lived in New York. And I was like, oh, that's where I have to be to make something of myself. And um, I tried the year after I graduated college to, to get here. I was applying for every internship job under the sun and nothing was sticking. Um, and so I actually ended up staying in my college town with some friends who are in grad school, which was amazing. Um, Mm. Like, the Lord moved in that house, and I'm so glad that I spent that year there. Um, But what God was really doing was going, you don't need to live in a certain place to write. Like, I'm with you. I can write with you. Like, when I'm here, that's when you can write. Like, the city won't, like, bring you what you're looking for. Like, I will. And he just, like, Mm. completely turned my heart, like, away from needing to be in a space um, to do work for him mm-hmm. um like in a specific place like I needed to wait to get to New York to write what yeah. I needed to um and so I let New York go I was like great I'll never move there I'm gonna move to Dallas with my best friends this is gonna be awesome and <laughs> I had a girl from an um an old job that I had worked in text me out of nowhere and go hey I'm getting transferred to New York God told me to text you and ask you to move with me um I was like all right, give me like a day. Let me Plot let twist. me pray about that. Um, and so I ended up telling her yes. Ended up moving here that summer. But as soon as I went to Church of the City, I realized um, that God had brought me here to be a part of that church and not be here for myself. And I was like, New York's not about me at all. Like New York's about about being a part of what you're doing here. Um, 
and I never felt that way before. I didn't like have a heart for revival before I moved here, but pretty quickly that was instilled. Um, I was unemployed, freelancing, but unemployed. Um, and so I would go to the prayer room. That was like all I had during the day to structure my time. I would go spend the three hours that were available um, yeah. in the morning and just like saw more of like, I just, I guess I felt more of the Holy Spirit like opening up my heart then um to what he was doing in the city and I that like drive to be a part of it just like pushed me forward and so I started volunteering really quickly Mm -hmm. um Church of the City was like kind of piloting out a new editorial team that would have a Sunday role um and so I sat down with someone who's now one of my best friends in the city Audrey Elledge and she was like leading that team and Mm -hmm. so it was just her I and a couple of other people for like those first few months and we would just take sermon notes and um, create social media content for the week um, on Sundays. And that is how I like got involved at Church of the City. And fast forward to now, I'm their communications coordinator. So I oversee the website, social media, newsletter, mm-hmm. all outward comms. Um, and like, yeah, so it has, wow. he brought me here with a lot of really specific reasons and now I work for a church, which I feel like is everyone's conversation when you think about like ministry. Oh, I just fell into it. I'm like, I really did. I just I, fell into I really it. Did. I really did. Yeah. That's amazing. It's I, what I love about the podcast is like, I feel like we're really close friends and I don't even know this yeah. story. So it's really cool to hear just how that all unfolded. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, bits and pieces, yeah. but to just kind of hear the journey. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you with writing how did you come to know like I want to be a writer Mm. like when did writing start stirring in you I I'm just curious yeah no totally um I it's funny because I think I would say now and I've said for a long time that writing's the only thing I like I feel really good that I'm good at that like I'm like yeah no I'm I'm been given a gift in this specific area Mm -hmm. um because I have a deep kind of like interest in a lot of other things um like when I was growing up, my great grandma was a painter. She had a kennel in her house. So she like wow. taught me how to paint. And my um, grandma was a, a drawer. And so she taught me how to draw. And I was always making up stories. And I think that's really what it was, was story. But I could find that in painting or drawing or writing. Um, and then actually ended up pursuing photography for a really long time. When mm-hmm. I was in fifth grade, I took my first like darkroom class. So I learned... Um, photography through like film and development Mm -hmm. um, and then was pursuing that actually for school that's really what I wanted to do Um, took like AP art the whole Mm -hmm. thing and I I loved photos because I felt like they told stories in a different way and of course I was a very angsty teenager and so I was writing a lot of like poetry and things like that on the side and always felt like I would write a book and all of those things and I had a teacher his name was Danny Eubanks and Danny looked like Gru from the Minions movies. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, from Despicable Me. That, that is what Danny looked like. And, but he, and he was a fantastic teacher, one of the best I've ever had. And I was sitting in his class. We were on, like, a think break. And I think I was, like, trying to balance a pencil, like, on my nose. Like, I was doing something really silly. Um, and he just goes, Corinne? And I, you know, snapped back. Um, and he goes, what are you going to do with your life? that's a really bold question to ask a 15 year old like what do you mean um and he goes I think you should be a writer I think that's what you're supposed to do 
And then he just like went back to grading papers. Like he just like spoke that over me as if it was no big deal. And I was like, mm. okay, great. And so that lodged itself in my head. But at this time I'm like, now I want to go to school and like do photo and like all of these things. Like I'll write sometime. Like it was like, whatever. Yeah. Always loved reading and words, but didn't feel like that was the thing I wanted to do. Um, and the keyword there is wanted. Um, and then I actually like got into a really small art college um, up here on the East Coast in Maine, um, but it was like private and super expensive, and there was like no way. Yeah. Um, and so then I ended up going to A&M, which was like my family's alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents were like, "Corinne, if you just go here, like you can study whatever, like study whatever you want." Um, and we sat down with the English department head which was a very, very small department because A&M is an engineering and agricultural school, not a humanities school. Um, And I really loved the English department head. Um, He was fantastic. He was like, yeah, we like want people to pursue all different kinds of writing here. Like you'll learn all different kinds of writing. And I was like, all right, like that sounds, that sounds interesting enough. Like, let's do that. Um, And so I started studying English in a creative writing track and I actually just stopped taking photos. Like I probably haven't picked up a professional camera, like a like a camera, yeah. in um, gosh, like eight years. Wow. Um, and it just words just like totally won me over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm a writer. Like that's that's what I'm good at. That's like what yeah, you are. I'm supposed to do. Um, and I learned all different kinds of writing during that time, and I just like fell in love with like the craft of it so and cool. like, really in love with words. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, something I resonate with is it's so amazing to me how like one person like one teacher it's often like a teacher or a mentor or just someone it doesn't even have to be the most important person in your life but Mm -hmm. like the power of someone just like seeing something and like calling it out in you yeah I had some uh, theater director do that for me Mm -hmm. and I kind of thought I wanted to go to medical school or something. My grandfather was a pediatrician. Wow. What? And in 10th grade, I was like the lead in the musical. And I'd always loved the arts and Mm -hmm. dancing and singing, but it just never dawned on me that you could pursue that as a career. And he was like, you can do this as a career. And I just, it was just very clear to me. Like once he said that, oh, I can, I can do this. I can do that. Yeah. But it's really, it's amazing that yeah. just one person like calling something calling out. out. And all, and not like thinking, oh, I'm going to change your whole life with this thing I'm about to say. Yeah. But I'm just going to And you didn't understand you. it yet. Yeah. I was like. But like you remember it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. Hey friend, did you know that Rise Collective has an online community? Rise Collective Women Online is our ministry's online home where you can daily connect with other women around the world who are also pursuing faith in Jesus. These women truly love each other and they are always sharing scripture and encouragement surrounding their lives and experiences from all different places and spaces around the world. When you join Rise Collective Women Online, you get a free subscription to Right Now Media, the world's largest video library of Bible study content. You don't have to do this life alone. There's a link in the show description to find out more about how to join Rise Collective Women online today. I asked Ashley Anderson this question, mm-hmm. and it might become a staple question in my podcast because, like, I feel like it gets to the heart of everything. Of everything, yeah. But Frederick Buckner um, said, "The place God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet." Mm-hmm. What have you found this to be for you? 
Man, it is such a good question. It's such a good question. You know, I, I think that, and I think this is the need of the world in this has been like revealed to me really in the past year. Um, but how much like beautiful story like doesn't exist in the world right now. Um, and story that's like true and honest and Mm. has like deep friendship and like commitment and all of these things. Like I just don't see things like that. And I intake a ton of media. I am a massive pop culture buff. Like Mm -hmm. I am so one of those people, um, that's just going to like know a little bit about a lot and I don't see it enough, like really, really moving, um, stories that like point back to the gospel. Like whenever I think about books like that, like we've got Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and Mm -hmm. I would say Andrew Peterson, um, who I know I will talk about more later, but I, there's just like not a ton of like newness in that. Mm. Like we have these older, like they're amazing. It's great, but there's not this new wave of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think being here in New York has like grown my passion to that has like given me shape to like what kind of story I like want to tell. And so I think it's like storytelling and then like the kind of story the world needs that would point back to the the beauty of the gospel. Um, it's like really what that is. Yeah. Mm. That's so specific. Okay. Another question, this podcast season, I'm calling hope in the light. We're talking a lot about hope and we've been leading into the book of first Peter and, um, just how like holiness and being shaped by who Jesus says we are and what he's called us to Mm -hmm. like, really there's so eternal hope that we have in this life. So I wanted to ask what has ignited your hope Mm. in this season? season? Wow. Um, I was sharing with you a little bit before we hopped on, but I'm I'm in a weird season of like actually having like a lot of grief and then really exciting things mm-hmm. happening too. Um, and so something that's like super simple and like happened this week is that like my nephew was born, mm-hmm. um, and I have I feel like from the moment I realized that my brother could get married, I was like waiting for my nephew or niece or like whoever was yeah. gonna come. Um, You're like, and when's the and baby coming? <laughs> when's the baby coming? I'm like, guys. Um, but a couple weeks before that, actually, um, our grandpa died. And um, something that I saw so much um, as we like received people who knew him and saw how much of an impact he had on the community that we grew up in. Because mm-hmm. um, I grew up in the same town my mom did. So there were generations of, of people who had been impacted by my grandpa. Um, and people were talking like so much about legacy um, and just the kind of man that he was. And I like so see him and my mom and... Um, like know there are parts of me that like exist because of him like parts of like my character not just like my freckles but like who he was as a man um, and the way he raised my mom and the way he like someone said it and um, his eulogist said it the way he like taught the town how to serve Mm -hmm. Um, and he so did that for me and I um, was just thinking like when Colin my nephew was born I was like you're gonna carry that like that's so hopeful like he he is gone but like the like proof of his life will like live on in you um and the way that that happens and that doesn't just happen in families it happens in like friendships and like mentor relationships right like you pass like lessons and stories and things on and people and um yeah there will just be like things that he understands in the way that my brother and his wife will like raise him that like 
come from my grandpa, mm. um, and which I just think is so beautiful and is hopeful that there are like remnants of people um, mm. even after they go. Mm. Yeah. Makes me think of story too and how mm. vital story is yeah. in communicating that to the yeah. next generation yeah. and telling them the stories yeah. of what they're walking yeah. in and, and how that yeah. that is contributing to their life and yeah. how they're being formed. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. So the heart of the podcast, mm-hmm. I, I, I always ask, mm-hmm. how did Jesus take you from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light? Love. And it just never gets old. Yeah. Like that's just our, our story of being resurrected by mm-hmm. the light of Christ yeah. is, is just the greatest thing ever. ever. Like it's yeah. your love story yeah. with Jesus. So, um, yeah. When did you first come to know Jesus? How has he taken you from dark into his light? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I was raised, um, in, in a Christian home, right? My parents, um, I've gotten to talk to them more about this as I've gotten older. They experienced like personal revivals in 1999. So I was born in 95. Wow. Um, and both of them were like, my mom was raised Southern Baptist. My dad was raised Methodist. We were like going to a Methodist church Mm -hmm. in my hometown and, um, great. But they went on this thing called a walk to Emmaus, um, which is this retreat um, that happens once a year and there's a, a one for men and one for women and like I don't actually know what happens on this retreat because they don't want to tell me so that when I go on mine like I'll have my own experience like okay. they've been so they've cool. I'm I've, like they've kept the secret so well for me um so I know like bits and pieces about it but when they came back from that that year that was when they like really really like fell in love with Jesus again like it became it was like okay these are the people that we are like we're God's people and so my dad was uh, decided to start a contemporary worship service. So like my dad was like a volunteer worship pastor mm. for my young life. Um, and they've both like been just so deeply involved in that church my whole life. And I like grew up being like a church kid um, and VBS and all the things, um, youth group, all of it, like led worship in youth group, all that. But in the Methodist church, kind of like in the Catholic church, you get confirmed in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. So you like spend a whole year like learning everything, like memorize Mm -hmm. the Apostles Creed, all of that. Um, And that is when my parents like didn't baptize me as a baby, like waited until um, my confirmation to to let me make that choice. And she like sat me down and um, they explained that to me and what that would mean. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm like ready to do that. of course I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I remember being really upset. We didn't have a baptismal pool. And so I just had like water poured on my head. I wanted to be dunked. Um, I was like, I was really upset about that. I was like, I want the full, full experience. Um, and I remember hearing, um, the voice of God then go just like, it was like this thing that was like, I'm with you. Things are about to get like so hard. Mm-hmm. And I obviously have like no idea what that meant at the time and I was like okay but I knew he was with me I was like felt very assured by that and um but really like into the next year and on like I um started dealing with um depression and um was like bullied um and started self-harming and like all of these things and I really just kind of fell um into like a really long season of darkness that was more hidden um like I was literally still like teaching sixth grade Bible study, leading worship and like all of these things. But I was just like in such a dark place. 
Um, I was in an abusive relationship for a few years Mm -hmm. and just was like so in over my head, but knew God was with me. It was the, like, I never doubted he was gone. I didn't like get, I never thought that he'd like abandoned me. I knew he was there. I just didn't know how close he was. Um, and when I was, I was like struggling with suicide and, um, actually my uncle ended up committing suicide when I was 15. Mm. Um, and he like, I ended up like seeing him in a dream, which I realized was like totally God and him being like, you're going to be okay. Um, and being like, okay, I won't ever do that. Like it was the, it was him that moment, like actually like changing the trajectory of my life, even though I was still like in a, such a dark place. I was like, okay, I won't ever get to that place. Like you've, you've like put this wall up for me. And then, um, the, the guy that I was in that relationship with ended up going to college. And so I was like, I'm free, but I feel so broken. Um, and I was supposed to go to church camp and it was senior year. And I was like, I don't want to go to church camp. Like I remember laying in my bed, um, the night before and I was like, this is silly. Like I'm way too messed up now to like go do this. And, um, I closed my eyes and I saw a chair and a light like over the chair and um I was sitting um in that chair and then um Jesus walked in and I knew it was Jesus and it wasn't like it was just a guy like but I was like it's Jesus and he was like you are going to be okay you have to go tomorrow and I was like um and so I like get on the bus and go to church camp and all the things and um our speaker was running late and I normally the speaker should have been there already and I was like whatever he's late he's not going to be good like I was just like completely dismissed this guy out of hand um and he walks in from the back up and he turns around and it is the same person that I like saw in my dream like exact same down to like the clothes that he was wearing um and he ended up preaching out of Hosea um and told the story of um Homer and Gomer and that was like the um that was like when I really received the gospel and like the love of God. I was like, you love me. Like I am yours, you are mine. Um, and like knew that after that, I was like, this is everything. And like, I think I was like, I was like all in for a few years. And then of course go to college and start asking questions for like the first time in my life of like, do I actually think this? Like, do I want to give my whole life away to this? Um, and ended up getting into like an actual really loving relationship it just like wasn't glorifying to god mm-hmm. um and stopped going to church and still had like christian friends but it just like and would pray but it like wasn't my life yeah. um and i was like i'll get back to it kind of thing um mm-hmm. and then i had one friend named audrey spires and she was just super determined to get me to go back to church i was like she would like bribe me with dinner. She'd be like, I'll cook for you if you go with me to this Mm -hmm. place. Um, and it was a church plant, um, in our, in our college town. And, um, yeah, she just like made me go. She would pick me up. Um, and something that had happened at Annam, there was like a pretty strong Christian bubble and I was super outside of it. Like I wasn't, didn't know like the right people or like any of those things. And so when I would go to church, I didn't know anybody there and it actually like created a space for me to just like sit with God. Um, cause I wasn't there for my friends. I yeah. was like there to figure it out. Um, and I started just like being like, Oh yeah, this is like actually the most compelling thing that I've ever known. Um, I want this to be the center of my life again in the relationship I was in 
was not um, going that way. Um, and so I asked God to, to take that person away from me. And very graciously, three days later, he broke up with me. Um, and God spent the summer just like tying my whole self to him. Like it was like everything that I'd ever like um, thought was standing in between us. He just like moved those things out of the way um, and like brought me back to himself. And like mm-hmm. since then, it's just been like all in. Yeah. All in. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot there, but it's like yeah all super worth it yeah 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 it's a big question yeah. <laughs> and there's like it's always hard it's, yeah you can't squeeze it all into one podcast interview mm-hmm. it's like you can't spend 15 minutes totally. and like say Doing, all the like, ways all the that he's yeah. brought you from like darkness into mm-hmm. light but yeah um yeah i mm-hmm. i think that it's i'm really encouraged to just hear how just Jesus pursued you mm-hmm. along the way yeah. and um, never left. Yeah, he really wants all of us. Yes. And the little bit. He will stop like, at nothing. Yeah. yeah. He'll stop at nothing to just bring us to that place. Yeah. Hey guys, I am so excited to share with you that I've written our very first Rise Collective original Bible study that we have officially launched this summer. I called it Hope and Holiness, and it's a study through the book of 1 Peter. There are currently online discipleship groups happening in Rise Collective Women Online, as well as discipleship groups to participate in our community in New York City. They're happening all around Manhattan, which has been so exciting. These groups are currently closed, as we're about halfway through the study right now. But we still want to encourage you to join us to walk through this book of the Bible. Just be sure and don't do the study alone. Grab a friend, a cup of coffee, and your Bible, and go through Hope and Holiness together. It's a six-week study, one intro week and five weeks that walk you daily through the five chapters of 1 Peter. You can start this study whenever with whomever. Hope and Holiness is free. Yeah, it's free. You can download the full study in the show description. Now back to my conversation with Corinne. So I want to ask you a little bit about or spend, I guess, the rest of the interview mm-hmm. talking about, um, like, artistry totally. and how you've seen God's redemption here in New York City through artistry, um, just your excitement in participation mm-hmm. um, with, like, the community of creatives and yeah. artists here at Church of the City. And, yeah, I guess I'll start by asking, like, what's been your experience being a follower of Jesus and an artist mm-hmm. and what have you learned about how all all these things work together in your life oh yeah that is so I think it's funny to have been like an artsy person like my whole life and then for a while trying to like be like does my art matter if it's not like explicitly Christian Mm -hmm. like is it is it gonna do the thing and then for a bit being like no it's like totally okay if it's not like it it it's okay if I make like just art that's like super out here like god doesn't have to be in it like it'll do the thing and then i was like no like i think it was really in the past couple years that i realized that god would be in my work no matter what yeah (laughs) um and it was like my job to like show him um even if it's like a a painting i did on my wall that has like nothing to do with like right the bible right yeah um i would love to read that verse out of exodus that we were talking about now actually Let's, let's do it yeah um, 
Okay, so in Exodus 35, this is when um, Moses is like getting all those rules and regulations for the Israelites and um, they're building uh, the tabernacle. Um, and it starts in verse 30, so 3530. Um, it says, Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen um, Bezalel, son of Uri, and son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, and with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. Mm. And he has given both him and Oliab, son of Ashimach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. Mm. Uh, so this is like the first time we encounter um, artists in the scripture and um, something we'll talk about a little bit later. The Renaissance community at Church of the City um, was founded um, by our friend Isaac Gay. Um, and whenever he started like dreaming about a creative community um, in New York, in the church, this was like his first that he was like going mm -hmm. after. Um, because this is, there's there's actually so much richness here. So um Right here at the very beginning, um, it says that um, Be Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of God. And this is actually the first time in the scriptures that we see someone mm. getting filled with the Spirit of God. And it's an artist. Mm. Um, it's like someone who is going to literally just do beautiful things to the tabernacle. Not super practical things, mm -hmm. but beautiful things. Um, he's filled with the Spirit of God. And so... This scripture just like solidifies that God cares um, about artistic endeavors um, and also just like beauty for beauty's sake. Mm -hmm. um, like not, it doesn't have to like actually serve a practical meaning. Um, it's so stunning here. And mm -hmm. I think when, when Isaac like broke this verse down for me the first time, I was like, oh no, beauty really matters. And like the Holy Spirit empowers it, like empowers us to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so that has like 100% shaped my like mindset um, mm. as an artist, as a redemptive artist. And then um, the other thing that we that we talk about in Renaissance a lot um, is that the first thing we learn about God is that He's a creator. Like in Genesis, it says God created. Like He didn't open with God as King, God as Father, like any of those things. Mm. Um, he said He's a creator, and then literally just. A chapter later we see that we're formed in this image and so if the first thing we learn about God um, is that he's a creator then one of the first things we learn about ourselves is that mm. we're creators mm -hmm. and that's everybody that's not someone who like you don't have to practice art for your, a living yeah um, you could be in like big finance down on Wall Street and like you are made in the image of a creator so you are creative wow yeah Just to imagine God's people just, like, bringing beauty into the world through, like, their creativity yeah. in all different, like, spheres of yeah. life and culture. Yeah. It's like, that is bringing the kingdom to earth, to earth. Yeah. through the redemptive work of yeah. just creating artistry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mentioned this when we talked about this passage, mm -hmm. but I love 
what really stood out to me was that he gave them each other mm-hmm. and that they weren't it's not like he assigned one person alone but yeah. he said like I'm gonna give you both yeah these skills this knowledge you're gonna bring this beauty mm-hmm. um, like he didn't have to have you know then it goes through all the details of just like the weaving mm-hmm. and the God told them like specifics for the yeah. design and I I just think about how much God cares about the details totally and when we're filled with the spirit of God like he he is like you said you don't you're just creating something and then putting it on your wall like mm-hmm. the spirit's in you yeah and so, so that is in the work yeah it's in yeah. the work just yeah. innately yeah because he's with you while you're creating it yeah um, I had an experience that I got to like call that out of someone cool. this summer with our um we had a graphic design intern who is mm-hmm. a student at Belmont her yeah. name's Anna and she just makes beautiful graphic work mm-hmm. and my little work on Canva just it didn't you know was, <laughs> the spirit was in it but just isn't quite the gifting that Anna, that, that Anna, Anna has, has yeah. you know what I mean yeah and um she had no idea, but God had like has continued to speak to me through the Dove mm-hmm. with the formation of Rise Collective, and oh. it's like every, when I take a step, and then I'm like, God, did I take the right step? He just like will show me a Dove, or oh. he'll speak to me through um, just like that. a scripture related to peace and how the Dove represents peace, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of been this thing between me and him where yeah. he's like how he's guided me, and um, she as she was designing the first Peter study, she had no idea about the dove mm-hmm. and just like drew a dove <gasps> on like oh, I love it. The, the main image yes. of this study. And I like almost started crying when she showed it to me. And I was like, Anna, you have the Holy spirit yeah. like working through your hands as you're doing yeah. this. Like he's connecting you. We didn't have to have a conference call of like me sharing like the prophetic he words he, yeah. he's given me so that you could then, I can entrust that like the spirits in you. So like mm-hmm. he's going to make beautiful details align with yeah. the details of, um, he's storing in my work. So I don't know. That's things amazing. Like that, I know. Yeah. Just exciting. And she was even encouraged by that of seeing wow. like, wow, God uses the work that I do. Yeah. And, like I hear him. Yeah. That is, amazing. no, Lorley, that's beautiful. So that's maybe so think beautiful. of that. Um, okay. Renaissance community. Yeah. I would love for you to share a little bit more about that kind of paint a picture for mm-hmm. the listeners what is the renaissance community what does that look like totally. why do we gather yeah. how do we gather yeah. it's just it's beautiful and um there aren't a lot of church communities that are involving artists yeah. in this way yeah no absolutely so church of the city is one of the things that like actually really drew me to it later i think after that first encounter was that mm-hmm. it i saw that it highly prioritized like the arts um like there was like the fact that there was an editorial team at church just like spoke so deeply to my heart. And um, funnily enough about about details, um, the theology of the editorial team is about like God caring about the details. So it's like, if God cares so deeply to know every single hair that's on your head, that that means he totally cares that you put the Oxford comma in the right space um, in that yeah. sentence. Like he cares about that, um, which is excellent. So that was like one of those things that I was like, all right, this church cares about this. And I knew that there was like murmurings of trying to build a community like this. And, um, the first time I ever like saw Isaac not on stage, um, leading worship, um, was at the 
very first like incubator renaissance night ever um, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in um, where the prayer room used to be. And um, yeah, he had just like different artists in our community, like an architect and a like person who set table, like table settings and a chef and a writer and a singer and like all these things. He had all those artists and they all shared something. Um, and then we just got to talk to them about um, God being in their art. And that was like the very beginning of it. And I was like, oh, there's there's like a large group of people here. This is something that like we need mm-hmm. um, is a gathering space and a sharing space. Um, and so through like, you know, then COVID happens and really kind of derailed that and coming back from it. By this point, I'm like working with Isaac directly at, at church and um, I was actually acting as his um, assistant at the time, and he like came with the idea of like a renaissance, like recreating what had happened. Mm. Um, they did one online during COVID, but he was like ready to like make it an in-person yeah. gathering again. And um, we were like, I don't remember even like when he got the the like name renaissance, but as soon as he did, I was like, that's it, that's totally what it is, because um, the renaissance. Um, in Italy was like a revival in art um, and the church was heavily involved um, the church was like one of the main patrons of the art during the renaissance period and so it felt really deeply connected like it was like that that is what it needs to be it needs to be a renaissance with like the church pushing art forward mm. um, and like actually like playing an active role in the creative space mm. um, and then also like community like artists had spent all of COVID feeling alone and isolated and like their work actually didn't matter um, and it totally did. Um, and so I'll just read the Renaissance mission statement yeah. um, really quick because um, I think it really sums it up. Um, Renaissance exists to re-enchant the imagination of culture by equipping and empowering artists to cultivate beauty through their lives and their work. Um, so this has gone through like so many renditions, but this is like the, the meat of it. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. we want um, to like, give artists a space to like come together like be encouraged and be equipped um Mm -hmm. and then like go out with not just the work they're making but their whole lives Mm -hmm. um and put the beauty of the gospel on display um and so we started hosting like at first they were like master class nights um and we'd have like teaching artists come in and like share um like this is how you write this form of poetry and this is how you paint like this and all these things that was so fun um but as we like moved into this new summer season we're like all right like what do people really want to do and people want to like listen um see be inspired and then like have a place to share their work and so we rolled out salons um which were themed share nights basically um and we did creation disruption and restoration this summer and so Um, We gave the theme like a month out in advance and people could create and then submit work. Um, And then we would just host a beautiful space. Um, Mm. Like, I think our our disruption one was probably the funniest to me because the we were like the food also has to be disruptive. What can we do that's disruptive? And we served breakfast for dinner. So it was like everything about the evening was supposed to be like around um, around the theme. And so we're like, we don't want to, we want the space to also be like open for people who like, don't know Jesus. Um, like how do we make this a seeker friendly, um, location kind of, um, like landing space. And 
that meant that like we didn't do a lot of programming. We like picked the sharing artists. We knew what they were gonna. We knew the work they were gonna share, but we didn't actually know what they were gonna say. And what we saw over the summer was like the overflow of their work and their lives was Jesus. And so like they could not help it as they were like answering questions about their work or explaining the process behind it. It was God was all over it. And like that's what it looks like to be a redemptive artist. Like they weren't out here trying to explicitly share the gospel but the gospel got shared left and right through everyone's different experiences um and like it was just so encouraging and I mean the first one I think we had like 55 people and this last one we had over like 75 and it's just it's grown this summer and there's so much I think momentum there people are like oh yeah no I feel like I belong here and I feel also um like I can bring other people into this space and yeah yeah that it's it's really it's really encouraged me it's such a beautiful it's, ugh, it's so beautiful um but one thing that I've like loved seeing is people who don't necessarily consider themselves artists mm-hmm. or like people in my community group or um just friends that maybe wouldn't think like can I show up in a space like that I'm not like super artsy or Mm -hmm. just the way that God is like using it to just expose people to these giftings and like normalize just like the sharing of um beautiful art and And it's like showing more of of who he is because I think people don't very rarely do we like pause and give time to God as an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like we might be like caught up by a sunset or a flower or something like that, but we don't think about like, oh God like made that. And that that tree with all of its leaves would be here looking like that, whether I was here to experience it or not. Like God created that beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Whether any of us get to see it, it's mm-hmm. still existing. Um, which means he cares so deeply about beauty. And um, I think it delights him to make beautiful things. And I think it delights him when we also make beautiful things. Mm. Well, what is something beautiful that you've written, witnessed through Renaissance recently that mm. really like encouraged you or showed you <sighs> the heart of God? The, I like couldn't get out of this conversation without talking about Nate Myers. Um, yes! Uh, oh, our dear friend Nate. Nate. He... Um, He's literally moving to London at the end of this week um, to start a new residency over there um, in, like, bio-environmental design, like, which is amazing. Um, But Nate rolled into Renaissance um, just with, like, excitement, I think, and ready to see what it would do. Um, And he shared on um, Monday, we actually opened up. He'd been preparing for a gallery. He's Mm -hmm. been um, in a, um, I can't think of the word right now. Fellowship. He's been in okay. Fellowship of Dickies um, all year. Um, and so he's had a space and he's, his whole thing, he had to like put on a gallery. Um, and he's been working specifically in stained glass and like collaging, which is wild. Um, he like, So unique. Yeah, that he like learned how to do stained glass for this. And so he, um, he's been such a big part of our community. We wanted to honor him in a special way. So we opened up like a back room in the space that we were in and he just got to display a ton of his art. Um, and he came out and was talking about how, um, like why the Renaissance community like actually like helped him like reconcile his art and his faith and like who he is, um, and how he like 
through the Renaissance community, like actually was able to like bring those things in like harmony um, and made him like okay with making art that like points to, to the Lord. And um, in his like few years, he like talked about how he's like deconstructed with Jesus and without Jesus, like in New York and how it felt like by the time he got to that Renaissance night, like he had like really stepped into like who God made him to be as an mm. artist. And he had a specific stained glass piece. And of course people were like, never see stained glass just like out and about um, right. like a piece that you can hold. Right. It's usually like up in a window. And so he's holding it. And, um, he was talking about the thing that like captivated him the most about stained glass, um, was that it uses God's medium, which is light. Um, he's like, God wraps himself in light. Like God paints with light. God does all these things with light. Um, and stained glass like lets that shine. Like stained glass is gonna like his work was beautiful whether the light was shining behind it or not. But like it is more beautiful and it is in its true form when God's light is shining behind it. And it was just such a beautiful like picture of really what like all of our art is. And yeah, so having Nate in the community and then getting to like watch him like work these things out through his own work with God in a safe place and then being able to like tie it up like that. So mm. stunning. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what's next with Renaissance? Um, we, so we're going through like a little bit of a, like a leader transition right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sam Gibson, um, mm. is the exec over presence at church of the city now. And so Renaissance will like sit under Sam, which I, I think Renaissance being under presence is like totally right. Um, so we are like in the midst of like planning for the fall, um, Mm. and seeing what that's going to be like, but he's excited to be a part of it. Um, me and Melissa and Josh are so excited to like work with him and, and do that. And Isaac and Emily set such a strong, um, strong vision, um, for what Renaissance like should be where they want it to go. Um, and I think we're just going to like follow on that path. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, for those listening who may like want to look this up or yeah. connect with what we're doing from yeah. afar, um, how can they totally follow along? Um, you can go to church.myc slash renaissance um, and sign up for the Renaissance newsletter there and, yeah. and read the mission statement a little bit more about it. And then also um, you, on Instagram, you can follow creative.nyc. Um, and right now we're in the middle of doing... Um, something called 100 Days of Artist. Um, so we're just like sharing the work of 100 artists in our community. So, um, cool. so that's like what we're in the middle of right now. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I want to just like spend a few minutes just encouraging the listener mm-hmm. who um, maybe has connected to this in some way, whether it's they like have artistic desires, maybe that they've never expressed before, mm-hmm. or maybe they're like fully running in their lane as an artist. Yeah. And um yeah how would do you have any encouragement for the listener who is like excited um about just even having heard this conversation and um the future of like inviting Jesus into that work and yeah just any word of encouragement yeah absolutely um I would say the the other person that has like deeply shaped my environment as like a a faith-filled artist um is Andrew Peterson he Mm. is um a singer, a songwriter, a book writer, a drawer, a yeah. gardener. He does everything. Um, and his book, Adorning the Dark, 
um, which is thoughts on community calling and the mystery of making. Wow. Um, it is, it is the book I would like most highly recommend to literally everyone. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll <laughs> okay, leave great. it here with you. Okay, great, great. Um, but he, there's a couple of quotes I just want to read, um, from his book. One of them is literally from the preface. Like this is how wrecked I was by this book at the beginning to, to wow. get messed up from a preface is like a pretty big deal. Um, and so there's just a couple of things. So he, shares a quote from George MacDonald um, about the inner chamber of God's heart. It says, as the fir tree lifts up itself with a far different need from the need of the palm tree, so does each man stand before God and lift up a different humanity to the common father. And for each God, and for each, God has a different response. With every man, he has a secret, the secret of the new name. In every man, there is a loneliness, an inner chamber of peculiar life into which God can only enter, a chamber into which no brother, nay, no sister can come. From this, it flows that there is a chamber also, O oh God, humble and accept my speech, a chamber in God himself into which no one can enter but the one, the individual, the peculiar man, out of which chamber that man has to bring revelation and strength for his brethren. This is that for which he was made to reveal the secret things of the Father. And then Andrew Peterson says, that is to say, you know and understand things about the heart of God that only you can teach. And so it's like there, I think for the artist that feels like it's like, is there anything new? Like, can I, like, what's the point? There's something that like you have that only you understand about God that will mm. come out in your art. Um, and then Andrew says a little bit later, all I have to do is tell my Lord and my God, because I know him intimately, uniquely, it may be a revelation in a sense of the secret things of the Father. This is part of my calling, to make known the heart of God. And because he holds a special place in his heart for me and me alone, just as he holds a space for you, my story stands a chance to be edifying to my sisters and brothers, just as your story, your insight, your revelation of God's heart is something the rest of us need. And so, like, Isaac always says, like, the world like needs beauty like your voice and your art are needed for such a time as this and so like that's it like it's necessary if it touches one person it's done the job mm-hmm. um and then there's also that to be said about making beautiful things for beauty's sake god does it so should we mm-hmm. yeah. wow Will you just close us in a word of prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being on the podcast today, Karen. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been so, so encouraged. Um yeah, Holy Father, great maker of all things, um, we just honor you as the perfect artist, as the the first artist. Um, Lord, we thank you for the ways that you um, dance and, and, and work through light um, and color, um, and you just like spin the world in such beauty, God, and we thank you for that, that we're surrounded by it, um, that no matter where we are, you are there. Um, yeah, Lord, I thank you that, um, you like take great delight in creating things and us creating things. Um, that that is something that, that brings you joy. Um, always when I think about you in this way, God, you are, um, the like parent watching their kid color, (laughs) um, and, and then hanging up whatever it is so proudly on the fridge. Um, God, you are, are so delighted by creation. And so Lord, I just ask that, um, you would like bless um, me and Laura Lee and the listener um, as they um, 
go out from this space of, of listening to this podcast um, and whatever they're going to do, God, would you just bless their hands um, and their imaginations to, to make beautiful things for you. God, you are beautiful. You are the true source of beauty. And we are so, so thankful um, to have access to you. Um, and that that source will never, ever, ever run dry. Lord, I thank you for just new revelations of you. And I ask that you would fill each person who listens to this podcast with a new and fresh revelation of you. Hey, thanks for listening, friend. To learn more about the COTC Renaissance community, or if you want to keep up with what we are up to here in New York City through Renaissance, you can visit the link in the show description to subscribe to the Renaissance NYC newsletter. There's also a link where you can follow Creative NYC on Instagram. It's truly a joy to be on the mic with you each week. These conversations in season four have encouraged me deeply, and my prayer is that they are filling you up with new hope and faith in Jesus as you journey through your week and close out the summer. You are why I create these episodes, and I can't thank you enough for your time and friendship here on Living in the Light. If you ever have any thoughts or questions, you can always reach out to me via email at larley at risecollectivewomen.com. As always, go in light and in love, and I'll talk to you next week.